0: Hey, Anchor family, we back at it again. Think and grow rich. As a man think it in his heart, so is he. Welcome back to Tina Smoot Radio. We about to get right into it. Don't want to waste y'all time on this good Friday.
1: Chapter 3. Faith. Visualization of and belief in attainment of desire. The Second Step Toward Riches Faith is the head chemist of the mind. When faith is blended with the vibration of thought, the subconscious mind instantly picks up the vibration, translates it into its spiritual equivalent, and transmits it to infinite intelligence, as in the case of prayer. The emotions of faith, love, and sex are the most powerful of all the major positive emotions. When the three are blended, they have the effect of coloring the vibration of thought in such a way that it instantly reaches the subconscious mind, where it is changed into its spiritual equivalent, the only form that induces a response from infinite intelligence. Love and faith are psychic, related to the spiritual side of man. Sex is purely biological and related only to the physical. The mixing or blending of these three emotions has the effect of opening a direct line of communication between the finite thinking mind of man and infinite intelligence. How to develop faith? There comes now a statement which will give a better understanding of the importance the principle of autosuggestion assumes in the transmutation of desire into its physical or monetary equivalent, namely... Faith is a state of mind which may be induced or created by affirmation or repeated instructions to the subconscious mind through the principle of auto-suggestion. As an illustration, consider the purpose for which you are presumably listening to this audiobook. The object is, naturally, to acquire the ability to transmute the intangible thought impulse of desire into its physical counterpart, money. By following the instructions laid down in the chapters on auto-suggestion and the subconscious mind, as summarized in the chapter on auto-suggestion, you may convince the subconscious mind that you believe you will receive that for which you ask, and it will act upon that belief, which your subconscious mind passes back to you in the form of faith, followed by definite plans for procuring that which you desire. The method by which one develops faith, where it does not already exist, is extremely difficult to describe, almost as difficult, in fact, as it would be to describe the color of red to a blind man who has never seen color, and has nothing with which to compare what you describe to him. Faith is a state of mind which you may develop at will, after you have mastered the thirteen principles, because it is a state of mind which develops voluntarily, through application and use of these principles. Repetition of affirmation of orders to your subconscious mind is the only known method of voluntary development of the emotion of faith. Perhaps the meaning may be made clearer through the following explanation as to the way men sometimes become criminals. Stated in the words of a famous criminologist, when men first come into contact with crime, they abhor it. If they remain in contact with crime for a time, They become accustomed to it and endure it. If they remain in contact with it long enough, they finally embrace it and become influenced by it. This is the equivalent of saying that any impulse of thought, which is repeatedly passed on to the subconscious mind, is finally accepted and acted upon by the subconscious mind, which proceeds to translate that impulse into its physical equivalent by the most practical procedure available. In connection with this, consider again the statement, all thoughts which have been emotionalized, given feeling, and mixed with faith, begin immediately to translate themselves into their physical equivalent or counterpart. The emotions, or the feeling portion of thoughts, are the factors which give thoughts vitality, life, and action. The emotions of faith, love, and sex, when mixed with any thought impulse, give it greater action than any of these emotions can do singly. Not only thought impulses which have been mixed with faith, but those which have been mixed with any of the positive emotions, or any of the negative emotions, may reach and influence the subconscious mind. From this statement you will understand that the subconscious mind will translate into its physical equivalent a thought impulse of a negative or destructive nature, just as readily as it will act upon thought impulses of a positive or constructive nature. This accounts for the strange phenomenon which so many millions of people experience, referred to as misfortune or bad luck. There are millions of people who believe themselves doomed to poverty and failure because of some strange force over which they believe they have no control. They are the creators of their own misfortunes because of this negative belief, which is picked up by the subconscious mind and translated into its physical equivalent. This is an appropriate place at which to suggest again that you may benefit, by passing on to your subconscious mind, any desire which you wish translated into its physical or monetary equivalent, in a state of expectancy or belief that the transmutation will actually take place. Your belief or faith is the element which determines the action of your subconscious mind. There is nothing to hinder you from deceiving your subconscious mind when giving it instructions through auto-suggestion as I deceived my son's subconscious mind. To make this deceit more realistic, conduct yourself just as you would if you were already in possession of the material thing which you are demanding when you call upon your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind will transmute into its physical equivalent by the most direct and practical media available any order which is given to it in a state of belief or faith that the order will be carried out. Surely, enough has been stated to give a starting point, from which one may, through experiment and practice, acquire the ability to mix faith with any order given to the subconscious mind. Perfection will come through practice. It cannot come by merely reading instructions. If it be true that one may become a criminal by association with crime, and this is a known fact... It is equally true that one may develop faith by voluntarily suggesting to the subconscious mind that one has faith. The mind comes finally to take on the nature of the influences which dominate it. Understand this truth and you will know why it is essential for you to encourage the positive emotions as dominating forces of your mind and discourage and eliminate negative emotions. A mind dominated by positive emotions becomes a favorable abode for the state of mind known as faith. A mind so dominated may, at will, give the subconscious mind instructions, which it will accept and act upon immediately. Faith is a state of mind which may be induced by auto-suggestion. All down the ages, the religionists have admonished struggling humanity to have faith in this, that, and the other dogma or creed, but they have failed to tell people how to have faith. They have not stated that faith is a state of mind and that it may be induced by self-suggestion. In language which any normal human being can understand, we will describe all that is known about the principle through which faith may be developed, where it does not already exist. Have faith in yourself, faith in the infinite. Before we begin, you should be reminded again that Faith is the eternal elixir, which gives life, power, and action to the impulse of thought. The foregoing sentence is worth listening to a second time, and a third, and a fourth. It is worth saying aloud. Faith is the starting point of all accumulation of riches. Faith is the basis of all miracles, and all mysteries which cannot be analyzed by the rules of science. Faith is the only known antidote for failure. Faith is the element, the chemical, which, when mixed with prayer, gives one direct communication with infinite intelligence. Faith is the element which transforms the ordinary vibration of thought, created by the finite mind of man, into the spiritual equivalent. Faith is the only agency through which the cosmic force of infinite intelligence can be harnessed and used by man. Every one of the foregoing statements is capable of proof. The proof is simple and easily demonstrated. It is wrapped up in the principle of auto-suggestion. Let us center our attention, therefore, upon the subject of self-suggestion and find out what it is and what it is capable of achieving. It is a well-known fact that one comes finally to believe whatever one repeats to oneself, whether the statement be true or false. If a man repeats a lie over and over, he will eventually accept the lie as truth Moreover, he will believe it to be the truth. Every man is what he is because of the dominating thoughts which he permits to occupy his mind. Thoughts which a man deliberately places in his own mind and encourages with sympathy and with which he mixes any one or more of the emotions constitute the motivating forces which direct and control his every movement, act, and deed. Comes now a very significant statement of truth. Thoughts which are mixed with any of the feelings of emotions constitute a magnetic force which attracts, from the vibrations of the ether, other similar or related thoughts. A thought thus magnetized with emotion may be compared to a seed which, when planted in fertile soil, germinates, grows, and multiplies itself over and over again, until that which was originally one small seed becomes countless millions of seeds of the same brand." The ether is a great cosmic mass of eternal forces of vibration. It is made up of both destructive vibrations and constructive vibrations. It carries at all times vibrations of fear, poverty, disease, failure, misery, and vibrations of prosperity, health, success, and happiness, just as surely as it carries the sound of hundreds of orchestrations of music and hundreds of human voices, all of which maintain their own individuality and means of identification through the medium of radio. From the great storehouse of the ether, the human mind is constantly attracting vibrations which harmonize with that which dominates the human mind. Any thought, idea, plan, or purpose which one holds in one's mind attracts, from the vibrations of the ether, a host of its relatives, adds these relatives to its own force— and grows until it becomes the dominating, motivating master of the individual in whose mind it has been housed. Now, let us go back to the starting point and become informed as to how the original seed of an idea, plan, or purpose may be planted in the mind. The information is easily conveyed. Any idea, plan, or purpose may be placed in the mind through repetition of thought. This is why you are asked to write out a statement of your major purpose or definite chief aim, commit it to memory, and repeat it in audible words day after day until these vibrations of sound have reached your subconscious mind. We are what we are because of the vibrations of thought which we pick up and register through the stimuli of our daily environment. Resolve to throw off the influences of any unfortunate environment and to build your own life to order taking inventory of mental assets and liabilities, you will discover that your greatest weakness is lack of self-confidence. This handicap can be surmounted and timidity translated into courage through the aid of the principle of auto-suggestion. The application of this principle may be made through a simple arrangement of positive thought impulses stated in writing, memorized, and repeated until they become a part of the working equipment of the subconscious faculty of your mind. Self confidence formula. First, I know that I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. Therefore, I demand of myself persistent, continuous action toward its attainment, and I here and now promise to render such action. Second, I realize the dominating thoughts of my mind will eventually reproduce themselves in outward physical action and gradually transform themselves into physical reality. Therefore, I will concentrate my thoughts for 30 minutes daily upon the task of thinking of the person I intend to become, thereby creating in my mind a clear mental picture of that person. Third, I know through the principle of auto-suggestion any desire that I persistently hold in my mind will eventually seek expression through some practical means of attaining the object back of it. Therefore, I will devote 10 minutes daily... To demanding of myself the development of self confidence. Fourth, I have clearly written down a description of my definite chief aim in life, and I will never stop trying until I shall have developed sufficient self confidence for its attainment. Fifth, I fully realize that no wealth or position can long endure unless built upon truth and justice. Therefore, I will engage in no transaction which does not benefit all whom it affects. I will succeed by attracting to myself the forces I wish to use and the cooperation of other people. I will induce others to serve me because of my willingness to serve others. I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by developing love for all humanity because I know that a negative attitude toward others can never bring me success. I will cause others to believe in me because I will believe in them and in myself. I will sign my name to this formula, commit it to memory, and repeat it aloud once a day with full faith that it will gradually influence my thoughts and actions so that I will become a self-reliant and successful person. Back of this formula is a law of nature which no man has yet been able to explain. It has baffled the scientists of all ages. The psychologists have named this law auto-suggestion, And let it go at that. The name by which one calls this law is of little importance. The important fact about it is, it works for the glory and success of mankind if it is used constructively. On the other hand, if used destructively, it will destroy just as readily. In this statement may be found a very significant truth. Namely, that those who go down in defeat and end their lives in poverty, misery, and distress do so because of negative application of the principle of auto-suggestion. The cause may be found in the fact that all impulses of thought have a tendency to clothe themselves in their physical equivalent. The subconscious mind, the chemical laboratory in which all thought impulses are combined and made ready for translation into physical reality makes no distinction between constructive and destructive thought impulses. It works with the material we feed it through our thought impulses. The subconscious mind will translate into reality a thought driven by fear just as readily as will translate into reality a thought driven by courage or faith. The pages of medical history are rich with illustrations of cases of suggestive suicide. A man may commit suicide through negative suggestion just as effectively as by any other means. In a Midwestern city, a man by the name of Joseph Grant, a bank official, borrowed a large sum of the bank's money without the consent of the directors. He lost the money through gambling. One afternoon, the bank examiner came and began to check the accounts. Grant left the bank, took a room in a local hotel, and when they found him three days later, he was lying in bed, wailing and moaning, repeating over and over these words... ''My God, this will kill me. I cannot stand the disgrace.'' In a short time, he was dead. The doctors pronounced the case one of mental suicide. ''Just as electricity will turn the wheels of industry and render useful service if used constructively or snuff out life if wrongly used, so will the law of autosuggestion lead you to peace and prosperity or down into the valley of misery, failure, and death.'' according to your degree of understanding and application of it. If you fill your mind with fear, doubt, and unbelief in your ability to connect with and use the forces of infinite intelligence, the law of autosuggestion will take this spirit of unbelief and use it as a pattern by which your subconscious mind will translate it into its physical equivalent. This statement is as true as the statement that two and two are four. Like the wind which carries one ship east and another west... The law of autosuggestion will lift you up or pull you down according to the way you set your sails of thought. The law of autosuggestion, through which any person may rise to altitudes of achievement which stagger the imagination, is well described in the following verse. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win but you think you can't, it is almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out of the world we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But soon or late, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. Listen to the words which have been emphasized, and you will catch the deep meaning which the poet had in mind. Somewhere in your makeup, perhaps in the cells of your brain, there lies sleeping the seed of achievement, which, if aroused and put into action, would carry you to heights such as you may never have hoped to attain. Just as a master musician may cause the most beautiful strains of music to pour forth from the strings of a violin, So may you arouse the genius which lies asleep in your brain, and cause it to drive you upward to whatever goal you may wish to achieve. Abraham Lincoln was a failure at everything he tried, until he was well past the age of 40. He was a Mr. Nobody from nowhere, until a great experience came into his life, aroused the sleeping genius within his heart and brain, and gave the world one of its really great men that experience was mixed with the emotions of sorrow and love. It came to him through Anne Rutledge, the only woman whom he ever truly loved. It is a known fact that the emotion of love is closely akin to the state of mind known as faith, and this for the reason that love comes very near to translating one's thought impulses into their spiritual equivalent during his work of research the author discovered from the analysis of the life work and achievements of hundreds of men of outstanding accomplishment that there was the influence of a woman's love back of nearly every one of them the emotion of love in the human heart and brain creates a favorable field of magnetic attraction which causes an influx of the higher and finer vibrations which are afloat in the ether if you wish evidence of the power of faith Study the achievements of men and women who have employed it. At the head of the list comes the Nazarene. Christianity is the greatest single force which influences the minds of men. The basis of Christianity is faith, no matter how many people may have perverted or misinterpreted the meaning of this great force, and no matter how many dogmas and creeds have been created in its name, which do not reflect its tenets. The sum and substance of the teachings and the achievements of Christ, which may have been interpreted as miracles, were nothing more nor less than faith. If there are any such phenomena as miracles, they are produced only through the state of mind known as faith. Some teachers of religion, and many who call themselves Christians, neither understand nor practice faith. Let us consider the power of faith as it is now being demonstrated by a man who is well known to all of civilization, Mahatma Gandhi of India. In this man, the world has one of the most astounding examples known to civilization of the possibilities of faith. Gandhi wields more potential power than any man living at this time, and this despite the fact that he is none of the orthodox tools of power, such as money, battleships, soldiers, and materials of warfare. Gandhi has no money. He has no home. He does not own a suit of clothes, but he does have power. How does he come by that power? He created it out of his understanding of the principle of faith and through his ability to transplant that faith into the minds of 200 million people. Gandhi has accomplished, through the influence of faith, that which the strongest military power on earth could not and never will accomplish through soldiers and military equipment. He has accomplished the astounding feat of influencing 200 million minds to coalesce and move in unison as a single mind. What other force on earth except faith could do as much? There will come a day when employees as well as employers will discover the possibilities of faith. That day is dawning. The whole world has had ample opportunity during the recent business depression to witness what the lack of faith will do to business. Surely, civilization has produced a sufficient number of intelligent human beings to make use of this great lesson which the depression has taught the world. During this depression, the world had evidence in abundance that widespread fear will paralyze the wheels of industry and business. Out of this experience will arise leaders in business and industry who will profit by the example which Gandhi has set for the world, And they will apply to business the same tactics which he has used in building the greatest following known in the history of the world. These leaders will come from the rank and file of the unknown men, who now labor in the steel plants, the coal mines, the automobile factories, and in the small towns and cities of America. Business is due for a reform. Make no mistake about this. The methods of the past, based upon economic combinations of force and fear, will be supplanted by the better principles of faith and cooperation. Men who labor will receive more than daily wages. They will receive dividends from the business, the same as those who supply the capital for business. But first they must give more to their employers, and stop this bickering and bargaining by force, at the expense of the public. They must earn the right to dividends. Moreover, and this is the most important thing of all, they will be led by leaders who will understand and apply the principles employed by Mahatma Gandhi. Only in this way may leaders get from their followers the spirit of full cooperation, which constitutes power in its highest and most enduring form. This stupendous machine age in which we live, and from which we are just emerging, has taken the soul out of men. Its leaders have driven men as though they were pieces of cold machinery. They were forced to do so by the employees who have bargained, at the expense of all concerned, to get and not to give. The watchword of the future will be human happiness and contentment. And when this state of mind shall have been attained, the production will take care of itself, more effectively than anything that has ever been accomplished where men did not and could not mix faith and individual interest with their labor. Because of the need for faith and cooperation in operating business and industry, it will be both interesting and profitable to analyze an event which provides an excellent understanding of the method by which industrialists and businessmen accumulate great fortunes by giving before they try to get. The event chosen for this illustration dates back to 1900, when the United States Steel Corporation was being formed. As you listen to the story, keep in mind these fundamental facts and you will understand how ideas have been converted into huge fortunes. First, the huge United States Steel Corporation was born in the mind of Charles M. Schwab, in the form of an idea he created through his imagination. Second, he mixed faith with his idea. Third, he formulated a plan for the transformation of his idea into physical and financial reality. Fourth, He put his plan into action with his famous speech at the University Club. Fifth, he applied and followed through on his plan with persistence and backed it with firm decision until it had been fully carried out. Sixth, he prepared the way for success by a burning desire for success. If you are one of those who have often wondered how great fortunes are accumulated, this story of the creation of the United States Steel Corporation will be enlightening. If you have any doubt that men can think and grow rich, this story should dispel that doubt, because you can plainly see in the story of the United States Steel the application of a major portion of the 13 principles described in this audiobook. This astounding description of the power of an idea was dramatically told by John Lowell in the New York World Telegram, with whose courtesy it is here reprinted. A pretty...
0: All right, y'all all right we will get back to it tomorrow that was awesome i told you a lot of these people take <clears throat> notes out of the bible and put it in their book and i want y'all to know that infinite intelligence they just they just talking about the kingdom of god that's the only infinite intelligence that's out there baby that's the only faith that's out there the kingdom of god so um i love you guys you guys have a great friday if you don't know about the kingdom of god if you don't know how to enter the kingdom of god first you have to believe that jesus is the son of god no man comes to the father except through the son no man comes to the father except through the son which is jesus second you have to believe that he died on the cross for your sins he died for you he died for me he died for the world Thirdly, ask him to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins and to save you and you will be saved. That's your beginning step. If you did that, welcome to the winning team. Get with God. Ask him who you should listen to, who you should get under for your knowledge. And the more you seek God and his righteousness, the more he will come to you and everything will be added unto you. I love y'all. Y'all have a great Friday.